In Shanghai, most of my friends were foreigners. The Chinese people I knew, I had like one male Chinese friend. And then so most of the Chinese people I knew would be girls. Can we just stop you for a second? So your friend circle are predominantly women in Shanghai. No, like the Chinese people. These are a fact. So what can we derive from that? Most of the comedians who were Chinese were women. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. So it's not like a potential... No, 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 no. You're not like a white dick savior. Savior. Expedient, a different culture. All right. Okay. So <laughs> you meet a lot of those guys, and we all get tired with the same brush. It's like, all right, white guy in Asia. I get it. I was like, no, I got moved here for work. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy, but who are not native English speakers, or they can have a very distinct British. Regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages, and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Comedy with the Accent podcast. I'm gonna switch to a different language. Please don't go away because this is very fitting for our guest today. 我们今天的来宾呢是一位英国的喜剧演员，但是他对台湾还有中文世界有很深的渊源。Let's welcome Adam Hopkins. Hi, welcome, Adam. Nice to see you. 好久不见。好久不见。Did you hear that? That beautiful yet accented Mandarin. I'm sorry. It is accented. It is accented. Yeah. The Yorkshire region of Taiwan. Yes, so Adam, you both have what we say a distinct British accent as、okay. well as a rare thing, a knowledge of foreign language, despite being an Anglo-Saxon English speaker. Yeah, it's、um, it is quite rare, isn't it? That just that an English person speaks another language as a proficient Mandarin speaker. Proficient enough. Up to a point. Up、That's、to a point. Up point, yeah, a point. Yeah, yeah. Is that a British expression or Americanism? Up to a point. It sounds British when you say it. My question is, as a proficient enough, up to a point Mandarin. Speaker, does the following joke annoy you? So this is an internet <laughs> joke. How do you call someone who speaks two languages? Someone is bilingual. How to say someone who speaks three languages? He is trilingual, or he or she or they. I don't want to be cancelled. Okay. <laughs> How do you call someone who speaks only one language? Depending on where you are, the answer is either American or English. Have you heard of that joke before? I've heard like the premise of it, and it, it's <laughs> it's correct. A lot of Americans speak Spanish. Yeah. So yeah. I just say、I'd、that. I'd say probably English. I, we get what. You're trying to say, but that、oh, joke is very white English people, at least. Old and very... high. Okay, that is racist、That's, because because brown and yellow and black, all British people can be monolingual. That's true. <laughs> so it doesn't. It's not your thing. Okay. Okay. okay.、Uh, is it a monolingual or monoglot? What's the actual English word? Probably monolingual. Monoglot, because like polyglot sounds like oh look how impressive you are. Monoglot that sounds really unimpressive. But this word is inherently funny because I feel someone who is able to command the word monolingual is very unlikely to be actually monolingual. Yeah, because isn't that like Latin or something? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you actually speak a. Foreign language really well,、yeah. and I don't think it's your only foreign language. So how do you feel when you are being asked, "Oh, English people never speak another foreign language"? Deep down, I know it doesn't apply to me, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. No, I just don't comment on it. No, Chinese is my third language, and your second being sign language. Sign language. Yeah, my brother's deaf. But BSL. Yeah, British, BSL. Yeah, BS British sign language. Which isn't great for a podcast, but. <laughs> You are just setting me a trap to make me use ableist language.、Yeah. I will be cancelled by people out there. But that's why I'm here. Was... Yeah. <laughs> 
Adam is from Yorkshire, so he got a distinct Yorkshire accent. Although Yorkshire is a very big place, it is. I know in Yorkshire they still want to make a distinction between West Yorkshire, South Yorkshire, North Yorkshire. Oh whatever. yeah, the accents are different. Yeah. I know it's different. I'm from people, West. For people down M25, it's just all generic. Yeah, no. we, we all just have a Yorkshire accent. But if I went down to South, like to Barnsley mm -hmm. or something, it's a di completely different accent. Your accent already came out as a Barnsley. Barn ba Barnsley. Barnsley. <laughs> Barnsley. But you were actually pro in the Taiwanese stand-up scene? Yeah, for a uh, couple of years. Until yeah. a couple of years ago. Until last year, yeah. And that's where I first met Adam. Yeah, right. It was at Two Free Comedy Club. You came back to vote because Taiwan's <laughs> got no sense of technology or online. You can't do anything online, so you had to fly from England. Okay, so... Adam and I met in Taipei. I want to use everything, everywhere. All at once. All at once, I've exactly. not seen it, but I've heard it's fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna give you so much spoilers. Okay, it's fine. No, that's so, fine. <laughs> so it's all about parallel universe. And I feel I have a complete different life. I finally escaped from my mom. So I feel <laughs> UK is my safe place. Mm. And when I go back to Taiwan, I'm going back to the dark yeah. universe. I'm only dipping for a couple of days. I have to come out again. And I met a foreigner in my my dark universe, my hometown. <laughs> but the foreigner is from my current universe. Yeah. yeah. So then I always identify of one of those people I will only see when I fly back to Taiwan, maybe yeah. seven days a year. And then one day I found Adam is bloody based in Leeds. I'm like, yeah. when did you quit? How dare you abandon my beautiful home country? What is it about Taiwan that's not good enough for you? You will <laughs> ditch your Taiwanese girlfriend. I can come back now. Okay, that probably yeah. won't go out. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird because I just walked into the green room at the Frog and Bucket. Yeah, in Manchester. You, you were just sat there and I was like, oh, hey, how job would you? So I identify you as one of the characters that should only show up in my dark Taiwan oh, okay. universe. Okay, so this is like. And a... then I saw you. I didn't remember. Adam was from Yorkshire, I just thought, oh, you're from the north somewhere. So I thought, I'm on your home turf. I wouldn't disparage you, right? I felt behind enemy lines as soon yeah. as I got And then the he moved to London. I'm like, <laughs> what? What is it you want? Why do you keep invading, breaking up the structure universe in my brain? Sorry. I was playing the long game to get on this podcast. <laughs> but this is the reality of the global age, isn't it? Mm. I met you in my home country. Yeah. But at that time, your knowledge of the 21st century Taiwan was probably Probably better than mine. Yeah, when did you leave? I left in 2005. Oh gosh. So all that happened, all these same-sex marriage things, mm. all happened after I left. So your version of Taiwan is more up-to-date. And then, my knowledge of UK, at least in, in London, was probably better or more up-to-date than yours. Oh, definitely, yeah. I felt and, so disconnected from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> and then you now come back, but you moved down from Leeds to London. Mm. So technically, this is your country. But I feel like, but this is my city. 100%, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've lived here, what, 15 years? Yeah, this 16? is the point. I'm just trying Trying to write up Daily Mail readers and hopefully you'll go viral because of the hateful language. This is how you market <laughs> your stuff. Yeah, I'm not a true Brit. <laughs> <laughs> ask you with this question my usual first question for any guest mm. but to you I have to split into two languages so in, in English okay. Adam do you think you have an accent when you speak English yeah Yorkshire accent you wouldn't find that statement like if someone say oh you have a bit of an accent do you find it offensive someone say that to you no no? I'm okay. quite proud to be from where I'm from. Ah. Because mm. let's do it for Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Uh, would you agree that most famous, or for the whole world, 
the person most famous for the Yorkshire accent is Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah, probably. Especially I think after probably. Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones. But I think Sean Bean is probably coming. most famous for dying really early in whatever production he's in. Yeah, it's a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we have some listeners based in the US. Okay. And Yorkshire is a county, a region in the UK, very proud of their identity. Mm-hmm. And they're also very proud of a puff pastry called Yorkshire pudding. Puff pastry. Okay. <laughs> puff pastry. Okay, pudding in general in the UK means dessert. Yeah. But not for Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding is basically carbs, something to replace rice or noodles or bread. I don't know why it doesn't even taste that good. But you shall never say that in Yorkshire. I made a fatal mistake once because someone I used to work for, Mm. they had an office in Harrogate. Ooh, fancy. Uh, I know. That's fancy Yorkshire. (laughs) Fancy Yorkshire. You don't talk like this in Harrogate. (laughs) We found out it was too expensive to take the train directly to Harrogate. I was with my two colleagues. It makes sense for us to take the train to York and then we take a taxi to Harrogate. I made a fatal mistake. Oh, I love Yorkshire. It's so beautiful. It's just that I don't know why people are so fond of Yorkshire pudding. Ooh. The taxi driver gave me a lecture of how amazing the Yorkshire pudding I'm is. I didn't stop the car. <laughs> <Like>, get out. <laughs> oh, and it's just a pastry. Why do you? But like, okay, what are you eating it with? Gravy? Do, you, do you put gravy on it? Yeah. And it's still bad? Yeah. Because um. it's not it's not completely crispy, is it? It's a half-baked, like, it's neither so it's just, yeah. I get it from some of those top-rated Sunday Rose gastropub. Okay, okay, fancy stuff. Well, in London, they won't do it properly. Oh, right. Yeah, you've got to go up now. Come on now. This is what we call the... You've got to go to the sauce. You've got to go to the sauce. <laughs> You're proud of the region identity. Now, the same question in Mandarin. Do mm. you think you have an accent when you speak Mandarin? Yeah. Thank you for being honest. Otherwise, I don't know how to continue this a interview. Bit, like a little bit foreigner. I have a Yorkshire accent still comes through a bit and a tiny bit of a Taiwanese inflection sometimes. And then, yes. And then maybe not so much Shanghai comes out, I don't think. The funny thing, though, is that when you speak Mandarin, mm. I could immediately tell you're a foreigner, but... I don't. You know, <laughs> you know, when you hear an American and, and a Brit speaks, you can tell their accent, right? Yeah. But when you speak Mandarin, the difference in your English accent is gone. Yeah. And I always wonder why. If you pronounce English vowels so differently. So instead of saying, I, I don't know, Americans say York. And you say York. 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 So the vowels are so different. But how is it that when you speak Mandarin, you, you sound pretty much very similar to America? I never understand why I'm not a linguist, though. Do I sound how like an American would sound? Almost. I think it's just... But you just say that phrase. That is so Taiwanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so Taiwanese, right? That is so Taiwanese. I don't know how. You definitely pick up our mannerisms. Yeah, definitely. Because I studied it more intensely when I was in Taiwan. And teachers were Taiwanese. And because I got better at the language, I had more Taiwanese friends than I had Chinese friends. Because in Shanghai, most of my friends were foreigners. The Chinese people I knew, I had like one male Chinese friend. And then so most of the Chinese people I knew would be girls. Can we just stop you for a second? So your friend circle are predominantly women in Shanghai. No, like the Chinese people. These are a fact. So what can we derive from that? Most of the comedians who were Chinese were women. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. So it's not like a potential... 
Scotty Paul no, 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 no. But... You're not like a white dick savior. I'm savior. Not, like, experience a different culture. All right. Okay. So <laughs> you meet a lot of those guys, and we all get tired with the same brush. It's like, all right, white guy in Asia. I get it. I was like, no, I got moved here for work. <laughs> in quotation marks. Okay. So, but the, the fun fact is, most comedians in Shanghai are women. Um, the Chinese ones, yes. Chinese one. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I will make sure I come back to that,、mm. but I want to go back to the accent. But so my Mandarin accent when I speak English,、mm. could you tell that I'm Taiwanese? Is there a difference? No. When a Taiwanese you... and a Chinese person speak English, these are both a Mandarin accent, and we are、I'd、very different so,、yeah. when we speak Mandarin.、Mm. Is when a Taiwanese Mandarin speaker and a Chinese both speak English, how different is、okay. our accent in English? Well, your accent's not like because you've been here for quite a while. You get these Brit Britishisms will come out <sighs> of it. <laughs> yeah, I can tell the difference. For you, there's a difference. Yeah, like the way they hit the vowels and stuff, and a lot of people just have an American accent because they've watched too much TV. <laughs> I'd have studied abroad. Like we had an intern at our work in Shanghai, and she spoke pretty good English、yeah. just by watching Friends. That is actually very true. Yeah, yeah that's how I learned a lot of my English. But、language. I can usually tell the difference. Yeah. I guess it's because Chinese, especially Northern Chinese, they enunciate a、mm. lot more, and they are very forceful with every single syllable. Yeah, they are talking with a vengeance. Like even though they're just ordering a pot of noodles. Yeah, it's、life. like it's like how I felt I、like、get in a taxi in Beijing. You snuck one jar there, and I'm like, whoa, 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 okay. For example, if you're in a restaurant and you want to get the waiter's attention, <laughs> the Taiwanese would start by apologizing. Um, 不好意思 I'm sorry to trouble you. Yeah,、I'm、um, could you come? Over here, and I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. In mainland China, if you want to get the attention of the waiter, they would just say, "Fool ya!" Yeah. So you have to. Yeah, yeah. Is that true? Hundred percent. We had an intern at our job in Shanghai, and she was a Taiwanese girl. We sat down at the restaurant, and I was like, "Fool ya!" And she was like, oh, "You can't do that!" And I was like, "Oh, you can." <laughs> She was horrified. But then, when I first moved to Taipei, I was still speaking very Chinese Chinese. So just like coming, I'd be like, "You be big nat yet?" Like just at seven eleven or something. <laughs> and our dads, then you wouldn't say, "Please, can I have this and stuff?" I would、like. just translate. So he was saying ice latte instead、yeah. of saying ice latte, please. Or can I have ice latte? Or like you'd be in the taxi and you want the、um, the receipt and you just go fapia. <laughs> <laughs> It's wild to think how rude it is, but it's just all about efficiency. Because in China, someone's been brainwashed. <laughs> there's so many people on the mainland. How long did it take for you to from starting learning Mandarin to performing in Mandarin? I first did an open mic a few months after I met you in 2020. Oh, in Taipei? Yeah, I never did it in China.、My、you never did it in China. Wasn't good enough. But you did English open mic. Yeah, I did two years of English comedy in Shanghai. That's where I started, and then I started trying the Chinese open mic occasionally in Taipei. It was really hard to get onto because there was a huge boom in comedy over there.、Yeah. To sign up for the open mic, people were queuing up outside to try and get spots. The Mandarin one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was. It's just really difficult to get on, but I do it occasionally. I think I must have done it only about six or seven times before I moved back to England. We used to do a quite fun bilingual show where we'd have the foreign comics and the Taiwanese comics. The foreign comics had to do a Mandarin set, and the local comics had to do an English set, and it was really fun. Because it's equally shite. Yeah. <laughs> 
because most of the foreign I could I had a serviceable five minutes in yeah. Mandarin for a Taiwanese audience but some of the guys couldn't speak any Chinese and one guy just came up and like read a menu and he was just, <laughs> and he just tried to order food from the audience but then, justification is there's alternative comedy and then there was a bit where the Taiwanese comic would do their set in Mandarin and I'd have to translate it into English and we'd do an English one and they'd translate it into Chinese like the last one here was a Halloween show there was about 150 people watching it was pretty busy because it's perceived as a really cool edgy young new thing to do in Taiwan yeah that because old people don't get it right? yeah basically this is something that basically. only belongs to the young people yeah you turn up to the open mic one of them did have about 180 people and there's people doing their first ever set and I was like whoa like my first oh my Mandarin god. set there was about 90 people there oh my god how do you even adjust to the horrible open mics in the UK after coming yeah the first one I did in Leeds <laughs> there was about four people watching and I bombed you're lucky there were four people I bombed so hard maybe maybe I'm bad here <laughs> it was a tough introduction the ones in London have been alright but some of the why ones why do you prefer what do you mean as in because you get a room so easily mm. you don't try your best to make sure they come back again like some of the quality of the comedy set I heard in even though it's open like, I mean man this is like yeah because Taiwanese audience don't know what to expect it's all new for them mm. how could you go on two minutes and a half without a single joke yeah. in a five minute set is this in English or Chinese both? both so like a lot of the show when I started in Shanghai for example and there was a lot of foreigners so you'd go do a show and this you can just do it's all in English and everyone speaks fluent English it's just like doing it here Taiwan there's less foreigners so you had to cater to the Taiwanese but a lot of the Taiwanese would come to the English show were western educated or um, spoke really good English so you'd do like a mix so I'd have some jokes of a Mandarin punchline in and our jokes about oh it's weird being in Taiwan but the shows which were full some of the best gigs I've ever done have been in Taipei but it's that really means good. that when you perform in Taiwan mm. a mixture of language is yeah probably always require, right? Yeah, so like- You need to, you really need to punch up your reveal in a local expression mm. somehow. So for example, like if I headlined the club there, you'd do about 45 minutes. I'm so sorry, you were headlining shows and now you have to come back to do the horrible. <laughs> in the middle, I'd switch to the mandarin bits, just to keep everyone on board. Kind of like the really relatable, you had to just throw in the bits with some Chinese, and you know, it's weird being a foreigner trying to do it. Like, you couldn't just do, you always had to do local stuff. So when you were headlining a gig or a show in Taiwan, mm. and it's marketed as an English show, yeah. it's just not enough foreign people in Taiwan. There'll always be a good portion of Taiwanese audience. There's always, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, and even though they are all, how to say that, fluent English, but mm. all the Taiwan people speak English to an extent, yeah. you know that they are distant from the language yes. so they would drift it away however good your jokes may be and you need those anchors like say hey yeah basically yeah, this, this, one, this is something is, this one's know. for you yeah yeah but also all the english comedy i did for the first four years i've been doing it was in asia i learned what i could talk about i couldn't make pop culture references about anything british i never talked about england i knew what to talk about. Can you give us a car crash example? What do you think is extremely funny and you just die on your ass? Oh god. Like for example, I used to try and do a bit about SpongeBob SquarePants. What is that? SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob? Is that a cartoon character? Yeah, it's like, hi, Bob. Hi, me and Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that a thing? You don't know SpongeBob? I we were doing a bit. He's like one of the most famous cartoons <laughs> in the world. He must be a really good actor. He's not what's doing a bit. No! 
And I used to do a bit about watching it in Spanish and how funny it was in Spanish, but you need to have grown up watching it in English to appreciate how funny it is in Spanish. So I first tried that a couple of times in Taipei. It didn't work. I do it here and it murders. Really? Yeah, and I used to have a bit about Scooby-Doo, which wouldn't really work over there. You know, I've been hiding my lack of knowledge of UK culture. I still have yeah. to do it from time to time. Like in the green room, mm. when two comics, sometimes between American and a British comic, America may have lived for a while and they're talking about, you should not just reference Chuckle mm. Brother like America. Chuckle no. Brother. I was like, what the f even is Chuckle Brothers? They were like these two guys who did a kind of slapsticky show and they'd do theatre shows and stuff and you just grew up watching them. It was just friendly, mostly for children comedy. Was it on BBC? Something like that, yeah. yeah. But if you were to perform outside of UK, like mm, your instinct to no tell way. you don't make Chuckle Brothers. Yes, yeah, like for example, a professional comic from the UK who I won't name came to Shanghai. You can name it and I will cut it out, I promise. I'll, I'll tell promise. you after, I'll tell okay. you after. Um, <laughs> Is it my first rodeo? Um, so, sh um, they. they. <laughs> so careful. Even says, it's, you say they because you don't want to give me more clue, not because they is, identify as non-binary, though. Is no, it? we don't. Okay. Cool. And, um, <laughs> this is my journalism training coming in. Like, like, off the record, came to Shanghai to do a, a big show and do it as part of a tour of Asia and just didn't tailor any material. Was just making really British references and just stuff which wouldn't resonate because most of the audience are either American or Chinese and just bombing <laughs> but not understanding why because this is their act which would do well on the circuit in England but then just saying stuff like I think they made like a Lenny Henry reference and all these Chinese people decided like I think if you say Stevie Wonder, we may know. Lenny Henry, That's, I don't think money on my Taiwanese yeah. brother and sister would know. It was just such a British thing, and they were making really Britishy references. You could just tell that they have not even put, we don't care about this gig. Right, let's compile a list of British references you can still do across Asia. Brexit. Brexit. The Queen, Royal, she died. Royal <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean, Mr. yeah, Bean. yeah, yeah. That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> maybe some- James Bond. Right, maybe Premier League football. Maybe, Harry no, we Potter? have to call it soccer. Why did you go to Taiwan? Why did I go to Taiwan? In 2018, I was based in Shanghai. I was working for Time Out Shanghai he magazine. for freedom. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, God, I gotta get on Google. No. <laughs> <laughs> Explain, people don't understand. You okay. couldn't use Google. Yeah, the Chinese internet is quite heavily censored, but you just download a VPN and you just jump over the great firewall. If you are based in China, you couldn't use Google. Facebook. But you can use the Chinese Google. I used to use Bing, because Microsoft was allowed <laughs> Yeah, so you'd have to be like, talking to your friend, hey, could you bing it real quick? <laughs> it was sad. Does you, that mean that use, like, Microsoft then? did some sort of Faustian deal somehow? Must be, right? Otherwise, how are they be, allowed in China? I had a Microsoft phone when I moved there. This dates me a bit before I didn't have an iPhone oh at the God. time. You just made yourself 100% more uncool, right? Yes, yeah, so Microsoft's phone. <laughs> but I had that when I moved there, but none of the Chinese apps would work on it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't get it. So I had to get an iPhone. Just as like in a dark universe, none of your magic would work. Right? Yeah. The communist or it's a dark universe. <laughs> anyway, so you moved to Shanghai. Yes, yeah, so I moved to Shanghai in December 2016. After the Brexit referendum, is there any connection there? No, but I was like, you know, let's jump ship on the West for a while. <laughs> like, Brexit, Trump, I was like, let's go to somewhere safe and progressive, but I went to China instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
You can edit that you out. Say, no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> this is gonna haunt you for the rest of your life. No. In 2018, I went on a foreign journalist's trip to Taiwan. I met a guy who runs a tourism agency over there. And then towards the end of 2018, start of 2019, I was a bit tired of being in Shanghai and it was changing so much. Like the Kung Fu Comedy Club was the big comedy club over there and that had been shut down. And quite a lot, it's such a transient city. And so a lot of the foreigners leave and a lot of my friends were leaving and things were changing. And so I just thought, I want to stay in this part of the world. Which is not as exciting international people don't leave. <laughs> Let's go to a slightly more provincial part yeah. of the Mandarin speaking yeah. world. And he landed in Taiwan. The yeah. audacity of you. I wanted to keep <laughs> learning Mandarin because I'd put a little bit of effort into it. And on that trip, I went to Taiwan. I thought it was beautiful. And I really liked kind of a night market, the food. And it just seemed really chill because Shanghai was hectic and it was very tiring. I was there for two and a half years, but it took five years of my life. And um, I contacted this agency. And do you know of any English language writing or editing jobs in Taiwan? And they went, oh, we need one. Oh. I ended up working for the company that took me on that trip, which was a tourism company. So I moved there in May 2019 and it was great until about January 2020. <laughs> and then tourism stopped existing. I still had to work in tourism. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> because... After 2020, the only tourist possible would be domestic tourists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why we don't even have the English proficiency to read one. Yeah, exactly. So material. I was just writing stuff and I was like, who's this for? But you were not laid off. No, because I was... I feel like they wanted a white face in the office. You're the mask For like the, the other companies. Like, oh, look, look what we've got. Yeah. You know, like in Taiwan, there's a specific kind of model. Well, I think in China as well, the model you will hire to put on a picture of the boardroom. So the actual person <laughs> is not a director or accountant or he's just a generic white person they may be playing ukulele by the side of the road but just put a suit on and look presentable and say hey our company is international yeah, that yeah. Kind of it kind white of felt like that because i appeared in a lot of tourism videos <laughs> and there's like just me in eastern taiwan looking at some scenery and be like oh wow so it was great for a while because i was basically during a pandemic stuck in taiwan which okay be fair with your language you were saying stuck in taiwan like you some sort of live jokes on you <laughs> let's remember I was, I was trapped. Oh shit, 2020 was. This guy said hey. he was stuck in Taiwan. You could go anywhere you want on the island without. You still need to put a mask on. Yeah, but everything <laughs> was open. Yeah. Yeah, we had to fight for toilet rolls. You're probably throwing toilet rolls there for fun. Yeah, I was burning them. Taiwan yeah. was fully open <laughs> almost throughout 2020. Oh, right? 2020, but then 2021 when it got in because not enough people were vaccinated. <laughs> So summer 2021, like there was the European football championships, England got to the final. I just had to watch it at home by myself. Oh, I'm so sorry for your tough life in Taiwan. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I can't complain because 2020 was... But you just did. Yeah, well... That's such an English thing to do. It's like, I didn't mean to say this, but I'll say it first. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. It's like, okay, you were not stuck in Taiwan. You were lucky to be based in Taiwan in That is 100%. Yeah, yeah it was okay. great. But working in tourism, it was just really strange because they shut the borders. And then you're like, we need to appeal to the foreigners who are already here and I was like no the foreigners who live here don't want to go to Nanto to make a bamboo toothbrush right? and it was just like really weird the foreigners who live here want to go to Fulong Beach and get drunk and that's about it 
So yeah, it was it was weird. It but was... you were kept on the payroll. Yes, yes I was That's lucky. Nice I was lucky. Yeah, yeah. It just reminds me one thing. I always think the Taiwanese national tourism office done wrong. They always try to market Taiwan mm. as a destination of good food. I know there are people that will fall for that, but this <laughs> will not quite work in the UK. British people don't just fly over somewhere eleven hours away to taste some xiaolongbao. If you tell them there's a, there's a beautiful beach and locals don't want to go, so it's empty because locals are afraid of getting a tan. <laughs> they will be cheaper and they can drink until they puke on the beach. That is the kind of holiday for ten British pounds, people. Yeah. Exactly, that's the kind of holiday British people are after. That's what I was trying to do. So I would write articles about the beaches, the hiking, the mountains and stuff, and like the hot springs because Taipei is at the foot of an active volcano. So it had like a <laughs> not that active. Don't trigger my worst nightmare. Debatable. We it could blow at any <laughs> second. <laughs> It's a sem it's this lava. Let's just say Taiwan is blessed with potential natural disaster with yeah. typhoon, earthquake, semi active volcano, too many mosquitoes, <laughs> and our Chinese neighbor. Anyway, so <laughs> this, yeah. is, this doesn't apply to every Taiwanese people, but sometimes when there's a minor earthquake, we just keep moving on. Yeah, it's crazy. Just a little bit of quivering, shut up. But if you have the same kind of... Because in Europe, unless I think you go to Greece, Turkey, mm. or Italy, there's not much earthquake, no. right? So for some of you, that experience... The first one The first scary. one. What? Because your fundamental belief system is that the ground should well, always be well, stable. Yeah, of course. And suddenly, the one thing you've always taken for granted is that no, the ground can be shaky. The ground should <laughs> always be stable. That's one of my core beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being in the East Coast and me and my colleague were renting a car and we were sat in the deal signing the paperwork and then the whole building just started moving and then the guy was just like yeah just sign your name here so he just didn't stop the transaction like in the middle of an earthquake and I was like Whoa. it was interesting the worst thing for me because I and know this is an audio podcast, but you can tell how white I am. It was just how hot it was. Yeah. In uh, You encouraged me to say that beforehand. You like, mention how white you were now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you would just perish when there's sun and you just but, just yeah. shred it into ashes away. But like in the, um, the humidity would drag it up to like 50 degrees Celsius in the summer. It was like, and I'd like walk to work. It was insane. But then when we had the heat wave here in like July, it was like 40 degrees. I was like, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially coming to a more contentious part. And okay. I will explain what I have to say first. Okay. A lot of comedy that's based on East Asian people or Chinese are quite hack in my opinion. Mm. They basically want to reinforce or conform to the existing stereotype that Caucasian people or Western people have, yet it may not be entirely accurate or mm -hmm. up to date. But then someone then say, but comedy is freedom of speech. Everyone should be allowed to do whatever they want. And I just thought it's already a little bit annoying being a minority and being subject to all these stereotypes. Types. Yeah, I know where you're coming from because it feels like it's catering to white people. Do I mean it's like here's what you think of us, and I'm going to reinforce that. But then at the same time, but if they say no, I'm trying to own it. Um, well, because at the same time, for example, you could do like what you consider to be a basic "I'm an Asian guy" joke, but then there'll be like me an Asian guy in the audience who's like, "Yes, that's my experience," and finally I'm relating. Mm. So it works both ways. Do you know what I mean? But some of it is negative stereotyping. I look at it differently to like a, what a lot of comics on the circuit here might. Because I've seen it all before. In China, so many Chinese comics performing in English, talking about that kind of thing, which here might be unique. Do you know what I mean? You should always try and own your identity and be proud of who you are. But some jokes you do see, it feels like us and them. You're othering yourself from what the majority of the audience would be. 
for example, if there's like a majority white audience and there's like a Chinese girl on stage, they may never have seen a Chinese girl public speak, never mind do comedy. So to them, it's like, whoa, look at this. But when does it become a novelty? When do they just get respected as a company? Do you know what? Yeah, of course you can do it. And I've done it before. I'm still doing it in a larger context. But what is so original about a Chinese or Taiwanese comedian? Hey, like your toy, I was also made in China. I mean, thousands. Thousands of comic have done that line. But the audience has never seen it before. Yeah. So to them, it's new. To us, it's like hack. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So this is my question. Mm. Like, I can't be so riled up because of this line. But you're saying that your sole responsibility is to entertain the audience in that room. Yeah. And they do find it funny. Yeah. How do we take this? I mean, it's up to personal choice. Of course. it's how I you... just think, can't you have a bit of self? I don't even mind that made in Taiwan, made in China mm. one. I really feel annoyed when it's not even an Asian man. It's an Asian woman that goes on stage to a room of white and black men and women and say, Chinese sticks are so small, Chinese dicks are so small. I mean, like, girl, have a bit of self-respect. Yeah, that's... If you want yeah. to, maybe own it. Talk about your vagina, okay? Don't say Asian vagina, but talk about <laughs> your vagina, right? It's just trying to get easy laughs. And when they're newer, you just do whatever it takes to get a laugh. They've not, maybe, they don't have their identity as a comic yet. So I get why they do it, but I don't like it. Because I've seen it, I've seen it before. But a lot of audiences, like, for example, you could go on stage and you could be the first East Asian comic this room has ever seen. So that's why I have to spend four to five minutes. Okay, let's take some time to get used to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always yeah. And that's how I'd feel when I perform in Mandarin. Like you saw me yesterday, a lot of my jokes are just about being a foreign guy. They expect me to talk about that because just a white dude performing in Mandarin is weird. I have to reference it, basically. So yeah. I kind of get on a much smaller scale. No, like... But basically what you have to do in Asia is what I have to do here. Except on a social mm. packing order, people think you're slightly superior. Some people think so, some people don't. Yeah, I know but what you mean. But here, yeah. I'm just novelty. Oh yeah, well, but when I perform in English in Asia, because it was such a di all the shows were so diverse, it was white guys, black guys, brown guys, loads of Asian people. When I was new, I used to have a little Brexit joke at the start, but I'd never talk about England, never talk about being British. I'd just do my stuff and they just the, accept the it. the truth is in Asia, not too many people care They don't care, yeah. <laughs> So sorry, so, but no, but for example, like you get foreign comic here and they'll talk about being foreign. When I was in Asia, I never talked about being specifically this person. I just do my bits. Um, it would work. You just say that I'm going to acknowledge the fact that you find it amusing. I am speaking Mandarin with a bit of an accent. Oh, yeah. In, China, in Chinese, I'm a little bit happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I have to be. But do you think you have to explain your British accent, Northern British accent or? When in Mandarin? Uh, no, in English. When you perform English in Asia. Um, I would speak in a slightly, I'd enunciate more. So like I'd go on stage and I'd talk a bit more like this so it's easier to understand for he everyone. basically say he would betray his roots when yeah, he yeah, performs yeah. any. No, <laughs> people don't understand. They just wouldn't understand. Like, Scottish comics would come to Shanghai, for example. Established Scottish comics. People didn't understand a word they were saying. That's including the Americans. No one would understand. So I had to like tone down my Yorkshire accent a little bit. I was on stage and people would comment, why do you have an American accent now? What's happened to your accent? I was like, <laughs> I just need people to hear my jokes. In the UK, a lot of comics, they would perform that identify as their region. So some Scottish comic would just keep saying to English people, this is how you see us Scottish people mm. or like Northern comics say, oh, you Southerner, we Northerner. I, I 
and none of those jokes would matter at all if yeah. you perform in no, an Asian. No one cares. I don't have any jokes like that. <laughs> I have a joke where I talk about where I'm from, but it's not. A st- it's just a setup. Yeah, I don't have any. Oh, I'm from the north. Before we drift away <laughs> any further, I yeah. want to come back to the point that already pissed me off. There was one story I forgot to mention. I was in Paris. I wasn't there to do comedy, but I happened to walk past a mm. sort of like expat open my comedy night, so I just signed up. There was one Asian guy. I think he's one America, mm. and he's not from either like West Coast or East Coast. I think he's from one of the state in the middle of America. And I would try to sympathize that he grew up having horrible experience of being yeah. bullied by the more ignorant or xenophobic Americans in the middle of nowhere. However, in part of his comedy set, one of the first things he did is to pull his eye on both sides. And actually, as an Asian guy, he had quite big eyes. He has double eyelids. He's not a stereotypical yeah. Mulan-looking kind of Do guy. Do had the surgery? He had a surgery. No, I don't think he did. Okay. But he pulled his eyes, looks like squint, like a Disney cartoonish Asian squint eye. And he say, I'm going to own this, like how black people own the N-word. That's not the same thing. I thought it's not the same. <laughs> you really, really made yourself like, have a bit of respect. Yeah, but if he's like from the Midwest or something, like I met, I knew a Taiwanese girl who went to school. Am I being too judgmental? That's my question. No, because that's your identity and that probably would bother you. I get it. Yeah. Like if I was in America and I met a guy pretending to be like a big British, yeah. like, oh, look at me. And I was like, you don't talk like that. <laughs> what are you doing? But no. Um, like exact, a fake Hugh Grant. Yeah, but I guess that's how he has when to. When he's like, from Basildon. Yeah, exactly. Like people have to like, I guess that's how he'd make people like him. Yeah. Growing up there because something he'd have to, because I met a Taiwanese girl when I lived in Taipei and I think she went to school in like Kansas or something. This is deep Midwest. And she said like, a guy at a bar came up and said, can I touch your eyes? That's in how, Kansas? That's the ignorance around oh Asian people there. So I imagine that was part of his like self-defense mechanism. Okay. But I can't speak for an Asian man. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> Neither can I because I'm gay. Okay. <laughs> you have there's an expectation i step on stage no one f- expects me to talk about my parents or my race because i had them um, one of my good friends is a comic called esther chen she's a taiwanese girl she's new york based. yes yes i follow her instagram yeah, i was chatting to her about new york and she goes on stage she goes i have to talk about being asian people won't accept me if i don't but when she came back to taipei and she was doing all of her material as an asian in new york and it was started she's like not working as well so she had to adapt to the expat scene but yeah she said she would go on stage and like you have to have jokes about being asian that is basically the consensus of every guest on this podcast. If you don't explain and yeah. let them get used to how foreign you are, how different yeah, yeah. your accent is, if you move on straight to a generic topic, they won't be able to concentrate. Definitely, and I feel that's different for you here. Like when I was in Shanghai, even if we went anywhere in China or in Taiwan, it's an expat scene. So you didn't have like people, we know you're an expat, so are we a lot of the times. So people <laughs> would never expect you to explain yourself. You're just there to do jokes. Whereas here, I feel like you have to explain when when you're a foreign comic. Sorry, can I interrupt you here? Do you think it's because the Taiwanese comedy audience are new, so they don't know what to expect, or they see so many more English audience here, so when they see the exception that yeah. we have to explain, what, why is that you don't have to explain yourself? Because a lot of your audience would just be like English teachers, uh, over foreigners. Okay. Because like I've done gigs in Taipei, which most of the audience yeah. was not Taiwanese people. So the stage that stand-up comedy is like in Asia, you're never going to have a room full of very local audience. Basically. Sometimes the open mic would be like by accident. Like we had one when um, they came on the wrong night, and so I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, they wanted 
to see Brian. Yeah. But his night was well, yeah, his night was Thursday and they came on Wednesday. And so I started performing in English. Everyone was doing really badly and I was like, you guys don't speak English, do you? So I switched into Mandarin. So I was bombing in English. Wait a second. So I switched into Mandarin and bombed again two languages in the same set. <laughs> In the space of Good five, for you, in Adam. In the space of five minutes. <laughs> this is your asset. But I'm saying that if one day, like, if your Mandarin is even more fluent and mm. you see command more expression in Taiwanese, you go to a southern Taiwanese country and where the old uncles and auntie and grandma, they typically want to see a show just outside the temple. Oh, and yeah, that kind of show... I won't be on that show. <laughs> no, but if you were on that show, okay. and if you had to perform in Mandarin slash Taiwanese, mm. you probably then had to explain yourself. A hundred percent, yeah. That's all Ooh, about the contact. Most difficult gig I've probably ever done. It was a charity show in Taipei, and they hired me and Esther to be the comics. It was a charity show to raise money for children who needed shoes in Africa. Everyone came because there were some pretty famous pop stars on the show, but the girl who organized it was my friend's girlfriend. We tried to get Brian but he was out of the price range out of the so price range they got me and Esther instead and so you're the yeah, Poundland yeah, yeah, yeah. Western we Brian with a, dis, with a discount <laughs> and I had to wear a suit and I've never done comedy in a suit before I felt really fancy I got there and they started to show with a little introduction about the charity and then I was the first thing and then they went here's a white guy <laughs> Like, doing comedy. Yeah. And I got, and I, do you want, it's fancier if it's stuff in English. So they were like, do 12 minutes, do five minutes in Mandarin, do seven minutes in English. Oh, and that seven minutes was rough. <laughs> the longest seven oh, minutes the in The longest seven minutes, like, to silence. And then I did a bit, I was like, oh, so I was at the airport, I got a flight from Taidong, and I just heard someone go, Taidong. <laughs> It's the Eastern County. But at least the Taiwanese audience didn't hackle you. No, they were too polite. They were too polite. No, the, no, the no. The Mandarin <laughs> part went okay. Yeah. And then when I switched, then I was like, oh, Ying went the booth and Kaiser. And everyone was like, oh, crap. <laughs> An ABC guy came up to me afterwards. And he was like, yo, bro, that was really funny. But why the hell are you here? Yeah. <laughs> ABC means American-born yeah, Chinese. It was um... bizarre as hell. I was just like, I, was like, I just got to get through this seven minutes. I am. <laughs> bombing so hard but I'm in a suit and I feel very fast right okay our time is up thank you so much for coming on to the podcast thank, thank you for having thank Adam how do we follow you on social media social media you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at aw23hopkins are you sure you don't want to do that in a neutral accent I'm just joking <laughs> aw23hopkins one thing you've definitely learned from I'm staying, living, and performing in Asia is to do a fake American accent. And yeah, just got to tone it down. Tone it down. <laughs> tone it down. But he's back in the UK now. Yeah, it's back. All right. Uh, that's been our guest today. Is Adam Hopkins. Thank you, Adam. And uh, thank you. Bye. Bye. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs>